Jason, the Bears played at least an interesting game on Sunday, but got the same old result. We will talk about what happened in New Orleans and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. Jason, we are in the Superdome press box a couple hours after the Bears' latest loss, a 24-17? 24-17 Saints pit. Saints, um in which they had five turnovers. They had 70-ish more penalty yards than the Saints. And in the fourth quarter, the ball never left their half of the field. Uh, that Those are all very bad things, are they not? The game was really there for the Bears to take, and Matt Eberflus will hold that up as evidence that they were close, that they are getting close. Uh, but I... I <laughs> To use his phraseology, Pat, I, we don't see it that way. No, 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 no. And you know, it's you know, when you talk about close. I mean, the goal of the uh, the goal of the Bears should not be uh, being able to beat a 500 team on the road when things go right. Like that's that's not the target. And if that was the target, I guess they're close. But the target should be to be consistent week in and week out, to have an offense that makes sense, a quarterback who you can dream on, maybe. Uh, and a defense that lives up to your defensive coach's standards. Uh, the Bears don't have that. Uh, they have a good run defense. That's about it right now. The Saints are challenging. They are challenging in this building, in the Superdome, historically, mm-hmm. although a lot of that history that we're referring to was were Drew Brees years. Right. So things are not you know quite like that. I will say this is the loudest stadium I've been in yeah, absolutely. in five years, yeah, probably. Sure. Um, today was super loud, um, and credit to the people here for that. But the Saints were a 4-4 four and four team, Pet, mm-hmm. that hadn't beaten anybody good. Right. Where they have an edge over the Bears and where any team like the Saints will have an edge over the Bears, like the Chargers last week, is the Saints are the Saints have some things that are important that they're good at. Mm-hmm. They are a good pass-rushing team. Yep. They have good DBs. Mm-hmm. So they are very hard to throw against. They take away one of the key parts of the game. Mm-hmm. You go back to last week. This isn't exactly how the Chargers beat the Bears, but you'd bet on the Chargers even at 2-4 and four mm-hmm. because they've got a quarterback. They've got Justin Herbert, and he can hit you for 350 yards and three touchdowns, right. and you don't have that. The Bears don't have something that you can say, this is one of the absolute key areas of the game, and they're very, very good at that, and that gives them a chance. They don't have it. They don't have the quarterback. They don't have the pass rush. They're good at some other secondary things. Right. Literally, they're secondary. Um, but their problems in those two areas will continue to undercut any progress they make. Yep. And, you know, Tyson Bajant today played a hell of a first half uh, in a very, very noisy place. He ran the operation well. He made a couple of really good throws. Uh, one of them, the diving catch by Cole Komet, very easily could have been an interception, but he put it out there. And the Komet, touchdown? Yeah. yeah. And Komet went to go get it. Uh, and at halftime, it's a tie game. And... He just, he looks to be a running threat and a passing threat. And you go like, oh, okay, here we go. And then the second half happened and the Saints, I think, played a little more shell coverage, tried to take away some deeper stuff, uh, kept everything in front of them. And the Bears couldn't really do anything. They could run. uh, And Bajant kept making those turnovers, which, uh, you know, I mean, he's, you know, I wrote in today's paper, like, we got to grade him the same way we grade all the other Bears quarterbacks. Like, we can't sit there and be like, it's adorable that he went to Shepard University last year. 
Um, and, or we, or just thank goodness it's anything new. It's anything different than what we've been seeing. Right. With Justin Fields kind of slogging along. Right. And and you know what he did today was uh, you know turn the ball over when he couldn't. Uh, you know he fumbled once and threw three interceptions. Uh, and then DJ Moore, who's their best player, fumbles on the first drive of the third quarter. Uh, all of those really really costly. It was in, today was indicative of what. Tyson Bajan is, I think. He is someone that has has potential mm-hmm. um, and can do some things well, but there are limitations. And the limitation today, Patrick, and that undid him in the fourth quarter where he, he was having a, a very nice game mm-hmm. through three quarters and then just a disaster in the fourth. Three for 11 passing, mm-hmm. uh, two picks. And a fumble. And a lost fumble. I think he threw for like 18 yards in the fourth quarter. What undid him today was having to make the professional NFL level throws into tight coverage yeah. or knowing not to try right. in a particular spot. So you have him with issues on accuracy and timing in tight coverage, mm-hmm. and that is not surprising that that led to interceptions. No, no, it's not. I mean, uh, the first one to Cole Komet kind of threw into three guys playing zone. Uh, he was late, or he made the right read coming back on a, uh, I think, a little skinny post or slant route. Uh, later in the game, threw a pick there. He was just a little late, and the linebacker jumped it. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, maybe it's not surprising um, that that it got him in trouble because he was kind of living dangerously in the first half. But boy, like the, the compo- I, I'm impressed by the composure of the guy. Uh, that doesn't uh, that doesn't absolve him from the mistakes he made. Um, you know, it, you know, it seemed like Luke Getzey figured out he could run too. You know, they had design runs for him or read option plays in which he kept the ball. Uh, boy, you wonder how those would look if Justin Fields was playing quarterback. I think that the big question now, if Justin Fields is coming back Thursday night, which the Bears, Ryan Pohl said there's a chance. Mm-hmm. DJ Moore said that he's hopeful that Justin Fields will play. Matt Eberflus predictably said nothing. Right. Uh, I think the question is, is this going to look any better with Justin Fields in there? And there's evidence on both sides of that. Justin Fields played a couple of good games before he got hurt. They were against the Broncos and the Commanders, pretty bad teams. And he had a lot of bad games before that. Games where I think the Chiefs, he threw for under 100 yards. Yep. You know, they're playing the Panthers. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things are going to look good against the Panthers. Right. But what kind of difference do you think a healthy enough Justin Fields returning makes for this team? I think he offers another weapon in the run game. I think running the football is something the Bears do well. Uh, what I would need to know is uh, if he gets popped in that left hand, or in the right hand, is the ball going to go flying when he carries it? And and if so, and if that makes it hard for him to run or, or, or to be a running back uh, type guy you know, you know, on designed runs, uh, that's going to be trouble. And because it's one of the things he does really well, and he just can't be, you know, you can't go out and play Justin Fields and say all he's going to do is throw because that is uh, not going to be a good result. Um, I, I think that there are some, there's a playmaking ability there that Tyson Bajan hasn't shown. You know, I, I think, and it seems silly to say this of a guy who's won as few games as Justin has, but Justin has some traits that you can win because of. Um, I, I think Bajan has some traits that you can win with. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. And Bajan, I mean, even as well as he was playing, he needs to, to really thrive and to really win. He needs everything around him to be perfect. And the Bears had letdowns today from 
what they would call very trusted players. Yep. You have DJ Moore fumbling a catch uh, that would have gotten them near midfield. You have Cairo Santos missing a 40-yard field goal indoors. You have every offensive lineman except Tevin Jenkins committing either a hold or a, uh, a false start. I mean, this happened in the third quarter. You know, there's a Dante Foreman run that gets them to the to the 10. So they were going to have first and goal at the 10. That comes back because there were two holding calls on the play, one by Braxton Johnson, one by Lucas Patrick. Uh, the Saints, for whatever reason, took the Lucas Patrick one. Uh, and then on the He's next less play, likeable, yeah, and, yeah. And then on the next play, Braxton Jones has a false start. Right. So all of a sudden, you go from the ten to I think they went back twenty-eight yards. On, you know, without, you know, uh, um, uh, and and they wind up wind up setting, settling for a field goal. And like those, are, like it's not. We're not sitting here going great teams can't do that because it's obvious great teams can't do that. Like mediocre teams can't do that either. You know what I mean? And expect to win. Um, it, it's, uh, it was frustrating. You know, you have Valus Jones grabbing a face mask while covering a punt in the final minutes of the game. I just don't know how, and I know that everyone else has probably been at this point for a while. I just don't know how Valus Jones can keep playing. Right. For the, I don't know how he can continue to be active uh, just to be a kick returner, just to watch kicks sail out of the back of the end zone most of the time. And when he does return it, you're not going to know. You're not going to be able to be confident and calm yeah. that he's going to keep the ball. And he drops a screen pass. He drops a screen pass that mm, was pretty borderline on a on a, being a, fum, a lost fumble. Uh, it just Valus Jones is not bringing anything to the table anymore. Sure. And uh, what's, you know, and if he were just an undrafted free agent guy, I'm thinking he would not still be playing. But uh, the Bears front office is invested in him. They really need it to work out. Yeah, and, you know, his speed is special. I mean, we talk about this. He is, boy, his size and speed combination is pretty, uh, you know, pretty remarkable in this league. But he's just not reliable. And, boy, I mean, there's no getting around that. And, and there's, no, there's no real way to fix it either, uh, at least in the short term. Um, you know, I don't think the Bears have enough healthy players or good players to really have a a roster crunch per se but um so if anything maybe he won't be forced out just because there's nobody to force him out but yeah i mean he's a guy who affects what a half dozen plays a game maybe i can tell you i never would want to play i, I they no longer have any grounds to play him on offense right and they continue to and you have him falling at the goal line in la right and then the ball still lands in his belly and he drops it and right. now you have the face mask, that was a special teams play, but you had, you were, Pat, I don't know if they got that call right. That might have been a fumble. Right. That might have been a lost fumble when he dropped the screen pass. Valus Jones just is not worth it. And you have a guy that could be getting some of those plays in Tyler Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, you know, I worry about Scott's size on those kick returns. Like, boy, he is, he is a slight guy. And, uh, and I wonder whether he could hold up during the course of the season. I think in cold weather, and I think when it, it's almost kick return season, by the way. I don't it know if you know that. Yeah. Uh, happy uh, kick return Thank season. Thank you. I celebrate privately. Yeah, the uh, Hallmark Channel is uh, airing their kick return uh, romantic comedies now. It's great. Um, so, you know, in, in cold weather, I, uh, you know, Velas's size, Velas's strength, uh, I think is helpful there. But, yeah, it's, you know, there's no, it's hard to justify uh, the spot. I, I do want to talk about this, though, Jason. You know, we have probably mid 40s for Thursday night, by the way. Okay. So that, that's that about feels, as it feels like the start of kick return season. <laughs> um, I know we want to always make it about the quarterback, and there's a reason for that because, you know, the quarterback's really important. But 
you need you need to have a good team too. And you know, we mentioned Valus. You know, Valus has the face mask. You know, two minutes earlier, the Saints are punting. You know, and they have a player bat the ball at the one out of bounds. Great play. Wonderful play. And those are just, I mean, it's special teams. It's a small detail thing. Yeah. But they do it excellently, and the ball and the Bears get the ball at the one, and they have to punt three plays later. And when they punt, Velas Jones grabs some dude's face mask, and it costs him 15 yards, and it puts the Saints in field goal range immediately. Yeah. Uh, that field goal they missed, obviously. But, you know, there's it, – it would be a lot easier for the Bears quarterback, whoever he is, um, to be competent if he had competence around him. Yeah, and in so many ways, Patrick, this team looks like the one from last year. Right. Where you have – one reliable wide receiver in DJ Moore. Now, Darnell Mooney had a good game today. He had his best game of the season, five catches for 82 yards. But prior to that, Darnell Mooney was averaging all career lows. Darnell Mooney was playing his way out of here at that point. Chase Claypool already did that. Mm -hmm. So you have just DJ Moore at wide receiver. And that's the only time we want to put those two guys in the same sentence because I I don't want anybody to think that we're we're comparing. Completely different. Yeah, that we're comparing Mooney, who is as conscientious of a player as I've ever seen, and Claypool, who's the opposite. Anyway, continue. Mooney is not producing like they've needed him to and like he has in the past. He has now followed up, and I know that I'm saying this when he had his best game of the season, but we're nine games in. Mm -hmm. He is following up the worst year of his career with a year that's even worse overall. Right. Uh, On the offensive line, I don't know that the injury to Nate Davis is like the big um, factor in this or not. I don't. I tend to think it isn't. But like the plan was flawed to begin with that Cody Whitehair was going to play center when that's been a problem for him throughout his career. Mm-hmm. And you're just having guys that are having lapses either with penalties or losing their assignments. You look over on defense, Patrick. They still do not have a pass rush. No sacks today. They traded for Montez Sweat. He didn't have a sack. How much money did Yanni, they give him? Uh, Twenty-four and a half per year. The most the Bears we'll have ever given see, anybody. We'll wait and see on the return yeah, on that. Right, but sure. like, he's out there today. No, no sacks. Yannick Ngakwe, who they paid a lot of money this year, I think ten and, ten and a half, half for eleven million dollars. Like he's doing nothing. Demarcus Walker, uh, three years, twenty-one million, something like that. There is no pass rush, so that's the same as last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to see where the improvements are. Like, where are they better than they were last year? There's not a <sighs> lot. You might be able to find some things, but there's not a lot, and that's why their record isn't any sure. better than it was last year. In fact, it's a game worse at two and seven than where they were through nine games last year. Andrew Billings is nice. Is that this is, is the year where they're trying? And, right. This right. is not a burn year. Sure. I, and like I said, if, if run defense gets you excited, that's your answer. But uh, that's about the only thing that they're better than average at. Uh, uh, not for nothing. Uh, Jack Sanborn played middle linebacker today with Tremaine Edmonds out with a knee injury. I thought he looked great. Like I thought Sanborn had a wonderful game. Um, and, and it makes you wonder when you spend $72 million on Jermaine Edmonds and then you kind of don't notice when he's gone. It was such an odd – it was always a weird signing to me, only in the context of that they didn't want to pay Roquan Smith to play that position. Right, right. So it's like, okay, well then, if you want to make that argument for not paying Roquan Smith as, well, we don't value that mm-hmm. role, uh, then you go and pay – Tremaine Edmonds, not quite as much, but um, still a lot. And then, like you say, I mean, if that's just a place where you kind of clean up tackles all day, which mm-hmm. Jack Sanborn can do, then 
For those keeping track, by the way, uh, 37 to 3, the Ravens won. Ravens are a top five team right now, probably. And yeah. uh, their defense might be the best, or maybe second best it's in the up league there. behind it's up the there. Browns. Roquan's having another all pro year, probably. Uh, speaking of all pro, that's what Jalen Johnson said <coughs> when we asked him about uh, the Montez Sweat contract. Uh, you know, he had been asked earlier. Uh, in the week, what he would think if uh, Sweat got a new deal, because uh, Jalen had been asking for one for a long time. Uh, he made it seem like he'd be annoyed, and then I think he uh, dialed it back a little bit today. He said he was happy for the guy. He thinks he's a good, chill dude, from what he can tell. And, uh, you know, when we asked about Jalen's own contract, Jalen said, uh, I'm worried about all pro. That's his a way of getting paid. W- yeah, but uh, he said his goal is to be an all pro. That is what he is going to focus on. Jalen's issue has never been with Montez Sweat. This is not a locker room problem between no. Jalen Johnson and Montez Sweat, who just got here, who's practiced twice and played one game. Mm-hmm. His bone to pick has never been with Sweat. It's always been with management. Yeah. And, I mean, he's he can only say it so many times. Um, I, I think management knows that he's annoyed. Uh, but, you know, I, he went out and played another good game today. I, I, I just I, I don't understand – why this is so difficult, Jason. You have a young player who's good for the second year in a row, and this thing just gets dragged out. Um, and, and, he's, I, and he's and he's been reasonable. He has said from the beginning, I'm not asking to reset the market with my deal. Right. Like Montez Sweat kind of was. Montez Sweat is a guy that's never had double-digit sacks, and they paid market value. Mm-hmm. For, they paid what you would have paid if he was an unrestricted free agent, I feel like. Right. That, mm-hmm. I mean, he's now the fifth highest. He's going to be the fifth highest paid defensive end in the league. Behind what, the Bosa's, one Watt, and somebody else? I don't remember what the, who the four are. I just know that he was fifth. I mean, they they splashed money on the table. Right. And he had a lot of leverage because they traded the second-round pick for him. I mean, he knew that. Mm-hmm. But, like, they've Ryan Poles has been so conservative Right. With these contracts, whether it's the, the extension to commit or um, the uh, choosing the, the four year, $72 million for Tremaine Edmonds instead of the five years, $100 million for Roquan Smith. And in this, it's not conservative at all. It's yeah. exactly what he would have probably got on the open market in free agency. You say he's conservative, though. Uh, you know, he has given out more multi year deals in the last four days than he had. Uh, in his entire Bears Come tenure. On, <laughs> uh, where do we go from here? Uh, you know, the Panthers are coming up on Thursday night. Uh, Bryce Young will be there. Uh, he's the quarterback the Bears could have taken number one overall, although C.J. Stroud looks pretty good, too. Um, is Can we read enough into that game at Soldier Field, or has that ship sailed kind of either way? This is a big game for the Bears. Yeah. Uh, the Bears, I mean, internally are not cashing out their season, and I, no one there can probably afford to do that right. and assume that everything will be fine with their jobs. Right. Uh, we saw Kevin Warren go through the locker room today. Mm-hmm. Um, but they really need that game because they have to keep Carolina at or near the bottom. Yep. The Bears might win some games late in the year. They play Arizona. They play um, some other bad teams like the, there's nothing that suggests the Bears will go on a winning streak sure. based on what we've seen now. But there are too many games that could go either way that, you know, the Bears could end up picking seventh. Right. Which would be a disaster season, by the way, sure. when you thought you were going in for the playoffs. But picking seventh is a lot different than picking first, which they get the Carolina Panthers pick from the trade last year. That makes it a really, really important game for them. They have to beat Carolina. And you've seen when they've gotten their two wins this year, it significantly changed the climate. 
at Hallis Hall for, yes. for a week. Right. What, which is what normal football is like, Jason. <laughs> most places aren't a, a circus every week. And most most places are dictated by wins and losses, and that affects people's mood more so than coaching issues and human resources problems and all these other silly things that keep coming up. Uh, as you and I sit here right now, uh, the Panthers are losing big at halftime to the Colts. So it looks like they will still be a one win team when they get here uh by the way uh yeah losing big at home to the colts how did you even do that i don't know jason i don't know um anything else grab you from today before we go just that it's still a long list of problems just that i mean justin fields coming back it doesn't fix everything and you don't know really what it's going to fix at quarterback Mm-hmm. He's better than Tyson Bajan. Um, I think in pretty much every way he's more talented. But it's been so up and down with him. The two good games where everyone wanted to throw a parade for Justin Fields were against horrible teams. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he looks when he comes back. And he has eight games to state his case to be the franchise quarterback. And the reason that we're saying that is because he absolutely has not stated that case yet. Yep. Yeah, and uh, if the Bears have uh, the number one or number two pick, um, the way it looks right now, uh, I, I think it would be crazy if they didn't take a quarterback. Um, you know, Justin's got two months to make that a little bit of a harder decision. It has to be overwhelming. Yeah. And, and even then, you know, like he, there's so much on the wrong side of the ledger for him right. at this point that you wonder if that would be enough. It's funny because, you know, you wonder whether that first overall pick's got great trade value with Caleb Williams and Drake May available. I don't know that you could offer enough for, you know, if you're a team that believes in Caleb Williams or Drake May, like, we're talking generational quarterback here. Like, what is that worth? Like, I, I, I don't know that there would be, you know, let's put it this way. If, if Justin is undeniable for eight weeks, big hypothetical here. Um, Which he's never been. He's never had that kind of sustained success ever. And, and you know, if you're the Bears, what could you get? Three ones and a two for that first overall pick? Like, that's still not worth it, I don't think. Not if it leaves you with no answer at quarterback. Right. Right. So, uh, so what you're saying is we're back uh, where we've always been? I think, Pat, the big takeaway that you see is this is a continuation of last season in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. There is maybe more in place because you've had more draft picks. Um, maybe you have something in some of the offensive linemen, mm-hmm. but this looks just as far away as it did last year uh, aesthetically, and on paper it backs that up. Well, we'll leave on that very uplifting note. So we're going to do a two-year extended preseason <laughs> now into the 2024 real season. <laughs> and who's going to be here for uh, that? We will uh, We will be here for that, Jason. Yeah, we but will, who uh, in charge is going to be here for that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's coaching, who's GMing, who's quarterbacking that team. Uh, anyway, they're 2-7. and seven. Um, We will be back to talk about uh, the Big Bryce Young Bowl coming up on Thursday. Until then, you can follow Jason, Mark Potash, and myself on social media. Go pick up a paper if you live in Chicago. And if not, check out the Sun-Times website and app. He's Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.